What up, folks? What it do? Welcome to another episode of the Best Advice Ever podcast with your boy, Mike Goodwin, the bow tied comedian. As I start off each and every episode, I start off with the On the Road Again segment. Well, I wasn't on the road. I was at the house. The spring break is coming up, so I had a week to basically decompress. My schedule, man, I I, I go. I've been going. So I you, the way my schedule is kind of built right now is you got to get a rest when you can get a rest. You, I kind of have some places scheduled, but for the most part, I, I I strike where the iron's hot, and then when the iron is unplugged, I'm unplugged. So I have a couple of weeks. Now, I already, I already knew I was going to take spring break, but the week before spring break, that, that was open, that was open, and then we had, like, the business, we had our TSP business mastermind a week ago, so I kind of looked at that time frame, it was like, oh, here's an opportunity to get a little breathing room, so that's what I'm doing, so I'm at the house, chilling, doing what I do, also, my son had a play this week. It was a Shakespearean play. Now, my son's in the seventh grade. This was one of those times as a moment, as a parent, I thought, I'm like, I'm failing my child. Like, I don't, I don't know. So we went to this play. It was on a Wednesday night. And it was Shakespeare for seventh and eighth grade students, which I don't think that's appropriate. I don't think Shakespeare, I, I'm not a Shakespeare expert. My 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 relationship with Shakespeare is Ju- Romeo and Juliet. I remember that from the ninth grade, and I'd even written kind of my take on Romeo and Juliet back then. But in middle school, Shakespeare seems a little much. Also, Othello's kind of in my wheelhouse. Lady Macbeth is in my but. A midnight summer dream is not in my in my wheelhouse. That's what they did, and I'm I'm a little. I, I need to go and figure out what the play was about. I think I I think, but then there's the other side of it also, where raising children is difficult. It's a difficult endeavor, and I I think that. It gives me an opportunity to have some conversations around some topics that I may not have been wanting to have a conversation about this early in the game. But the play was very confusing because they did it in Shakespearean language and they did it twice. So the teacher cast like seventh graders in the first run and that went from seven from seven to eight-ish. I think they both were out. I, I can't. I couldn't do both. I didn't do both. My son were, was in both, and I, I popped in to see his parts. But whoo, it was a lot, and I'm still, I'm still processing that. <laughs> it was a lot. The other thing that's a lot as it relates to me is 
staying on my meal plan, meal prepping, the way that our life is set up, neither I or my wife cooks regularly. Now, over the last few years, I, I've always loved food. I mean, I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to say I'm a foodie. I'm not that guy. I'm not the person that is out here with all the recommendations. I, I like what I like, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to be the guy where you say, Hey, Hey, uh, when you go to Orlando, make sure, Hey, when you go to Columbia, you know, like I don't have, a, I have things I like. And I can tell you, if you ask me, Hey, we're coming to Columbia, what some places you recommend? I do that. But you know, as I travel around, I'm just not like, Hey, you gotta take me to the spot. And what often happens when people do, cause people are really, you know, like, like that's, there's very few moments where you get to host folks. And so when I come in and do an event, people are hosting you and they want to, they want to, number one, they want you to have a good experience. Then they want to favorably show you their city where they live. And most times they, there's an opportunity to take you to get something to eat. And typically if they taking you to a place uh, one of those shows from the Food Network. So I'm not even anything past. So if you, if I don't even know why we still pay for Spectrum, I don't. I, I think we just like burning money because I don't watch. I could tell you like all the the uh, all the um, channels I watch. I watch 206, 207, 208. 209. So that's I think that's all the ESPNs. That's the ESPN regular, the ESPN2, U, News. I think that's the little box. Then 215 is the NBA station. I'll go back and get in like five uh like whatever the ABC 19, 25, 10. I don't know if those numbers always don't line up. 57. So I'll typically watch those stations. Also watch 245, which is TNT. So that's NBA. And then TBS is somewhere around there, especially when it's March Madness. So 245, 243, 246, somewhere in that little grouping. And then outside of that, the NBA uh, league pass. And those are typically 750. 760 somewhere now i do have 611s in there because that's the sec network then there's also probably a 230 that's like fox sports type deal those are all the stations i really watch like no vhs1 no mtv no bravo no tlc definitely not food network not anything with home HGTV. So when people take me to the, the, the reason I got into this long <laughs> uh, channel conversation was because when people take you to a restaurant, they'll typically reference, oh, this restaurant was on dives and diners or bars and dars or whatever the name of those shows are that are, are traveling food restaurant shows. So if there are places like that in town, people will try to take me there. Now, 
and I enjoy them. I'm all about it. But I, I love food, and therefore, loving food, I have over the years. And I think I made, like, I didn't grow up cooking, which is kind of unfortunate. I spent a lot of time with my grandmother, and I, I don't think she wanted the headache to try to teach me to cook because I was always trying to get out of work. So she probably didn't want to take the time to say, hey, little dude, let me show you how I burn in this kitchen. So I've watched my mother cook, my grandmother cook, my other grandmother cook. I've been around the kitchen. I'm, I'm, you know, I wash dishes. I'm, I'm not one of those folks when when I was being raised. There's some folks that said boys should not be in the kitchen. Now, that was like a whole kind of misogynistic theme that we were raised up under. Boys shouldn't be in the, boys should be outside. Boys should be cutting grass. They be doing manly things. They should not be in the kitchen. That's kind of the vibes that was happening around that time. It was a wild time that I grew up in, but it's a wild time right now. In, do, in saying that, I, I didn't really learn to cook, per se. I could always make something to eat. Like, I could tune in a mentor of mine. He talks about the difference between cooking and making something to eat. I think even Marcus Wiley has an idea about that. It's the same macaroni and cheese or hamburger helper versus making a meatloaf. And so I could always make something to eat. I'm going to get something to eat, fix something to eat. Wasn't necessarily a cook, but over the over the few, over the years, I was single for a moment in time in my life. I wasn't single very long. I was single from 18 to 23, maybe 25. I need to look back. When I, what age was I when I got married? I think I was 25. Yeah. 18 to 25. That's not a very, that's not a tremendous amount long. That's not a long, long time as a single man. I was single. But I definitely wasn't single. I wasn't single for a decade. Now, if you're single for a decade, you a dude, you got to get in that kitchen and really throw down and really get it in. Or you just making a lot of money when you spending food, spending money on buying takeout. Now, that being said, I enjoy cooking. So I, I was in the... <sighs> I don't, it's, it's, you know, I don't, it's interesting. It's very interesting. I enjoy cooking. My family enjoys my cooking. I, I want, I want cooking. I want to cook unencumbered. So when I, when I start cooking and I cook and I enjoy it and I want people to enjoy my food, then it becomes this type of expectations. And I want, I want expectation free cooking. And maybe that'll help my wife to get more cooking out of me. Like if, if you if you just let me cook and you're not like, ooh, when you gonna make it next? Ooh, we can't wait to daddy's gonna when the expectations my I gotta expect high expectation life. I don't need the things that I do for rela relaxation, rest and relaxation to come with expectations. I 
expected. People expect a lot from me in general. So I think that's why there's a little bit, there's a little bit of, there's a little bit of, of a, of a, of a blockage or hurt. I would cook more, I think, if that expectation wasn't floating in the atmosphere. But you, but you let me get in that cook kitchen and I do a little bit. My wife's be like, I could do, you could do this every day. I'm like, oh, here we go with the expectations. So that's why I don't, I don't cook as much as I desire to cook. But I really do um, enjoy cooking. But because we're so busy, we don't, I'm not able to cook. My wife's not able to cook as much as we would probably like to cook so we have to get food from other places and i and I, I typically when i'm home i get food from this young lady that's a chef and i have to pay her through venmo now i've, I've talked about this and i don't think on the podcast i'm very stubborn there's some things that if you require of me i'm gonna do them but then i'm if i don't if i'm trying to figure out like why we keep doing this then i'm gonna I'm go i'm gonna go off I'm gonna go off into the weeds. Like if there's something, <laughs> I'm I. That's where the bow tie is. The bow tie is a representation of I'm going to do things by the book. I'm gonna show up. I'm gonna have a suit on. I'm gonna have on a dress shirt. But my necktie is gonna be just a little bit there. That, that's just the way I am. I. If you know me, there's going to be a little bit of rebellious nature. I'm a contrarian. I'm a maverick. If everybody's going left, I'm going right. That's just the nature of who I am. <laughs> One of my avid listeners, a friend of mine with the college together, he always talks about uh, this group that I went to a meeting a few times because that's how I am. Like if everybody's over at the other group, I'm going to go to this group and see what they talking about. Now I didn't have any long-term connections to this group. I just wanted to see, Hey man, everybody's over there. Let me go over here. And that's just the nature. You could even probably say that about my comedy. Like, man, why is this black dude in all these white spaces that's the nature of who i am if everybody's over there i'm gonna see what's going on over here not not saying i don't go over there because i go over there i'll be over there too i kick it over there but i like to go and do things the way that i like to go and do things and so that's just the nature of who i am and venmo requires me to my stubbornness to come out because in Venmo, when you buy something, they're in your business. And so I grew up, I grew up at a time, man, you people don't, you don't tell people your business. Like, what happens in your house stays in your house. Because there was some bad stuff happening in the house. We shouldn't have been telling somebody. But it was some bad stuff. People said, we, I just grew up on the mantra of keep folks out your business. Keep people, don't nobody need to know our business. I can't believe you put my business on Front Street. None of your bit. That's just, that's in my, the DNA of my good one is to keep 
people out as big. That's why social media is a little bit of a challenge for me. That's why podcasting. That's why, like, I want to go on stage. I, I kind of want the celebrity of the 80s and the 90s where it was mysterious. You didn't know what people were doing away from their profession. You know, nobody knew what uh, uh, Andre, uh, 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 Andrew Dice Clay, I don't, I don't know anything about his life. I don't know anything about uh, Rodney Dangerfield's life. I don't know how many kids he has. I don't know if he's married. I didn't know anything about Eddie Murphy's life. I just knew that he was a funny man on stage. I loved him in Saturday Night Live. I loved the stand-up. But I didn't know how many wives Eddie had. I didn't know what car he was driving. I just knew when he showed up on television screen, I was very appreciative. So now we live in the social media era. People want to, man, they want to know where you live, how many kids you have, what do you do in your downtime. And I'm just like, hey, man, ain't none of your business. <laughs> and people are like, all right, you're right. I'm going to go over here and see somebody who will let me know what they like. And so it's a little bit of, it's a little bit of a disconnect because I, I just, I'm on the stay out my business situation. But in Venmo, when you purchase stuff, Venmo says, hey, man, Mike Goodwin, tell us your business. Now, I could make it private, but that's a little, that, 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 that little click, that's too much click. I don't want to be private. I'm not hiding anything. I'm not, I'm not in, in, I'm not a clandestine. I'm, I'm just, I want this to be public. I want this to be known. I just don't want you to know what I'm doing and what I'm doing with my money. Venmo just give me access and authorization to buy these meals. Cause that's what I'm doing. I'm buying meals, but because I'm who I am, if you, if you, if you're on Venmo and you see my stuff, it's ridiculous. Cause I, I've stopped following rules on Venmo. I, they ask me for a description of what I'm buying. I don't say meals anymore. Nope. Nope. I say stuff like nunya. Like none of your business. That's what I say. I say things like hot dog sauce. I sure do. What else have I read? Stupid dope moves. I've I've told Venmo that's what I was purchasing. I'm on this kind of Harry Potter kick. I've I've taken a break, but I back when I was a little strong, I, I said I was buying the golden stitch. Buying some Harry Potter styled spectacles. What what is going on with Harry Potter's glasses in which they never stay broke? Like they 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 stay on his face. It's the most craziest thing. I as a glass wearer, glass person wearer or a wearer of glasses, I'm astonished how this boy keeps those glasses on his face through whatever. He goes through whatever monster <laughs> or, 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 or situation he finds himself in. Those glasses right there on his face. I've also said I paid for hip-hop dance classes. I paid for eggs, jalapeno-flavored ice cubes. I've done that. One of my favorite is uh, deck, uh, Directions to Sesame Street. That's what I... Ah. <laughs> <sighs> That's just who I am, man. Also, happy Easter to you, those of you that are uh, believers in the tradition of Easter. 
I'm a, a Christian, so this is like the Super Bowl sec- separate from Christmas. This is a big deal. It's always been a big deal. It's become a little less of a deal in terms of like how it impacts my life. Like I can remember as a child, it was Easter was absolutely paramount to my existence because I had to learn the speech. I don't know when I stopped learning an Easter speech. And and the speeches got longer. Like the the one, the classic one, I just wanna have I just wanna come and say happy Easter day. Like like if, if there's nothing else, like if you look kid get up there and they just be looking at people. Just say, I want to say happy Easter day. And people clap. But no, I had long my my joints. It was like stanzas. And I'm like, is this the Gettysburg address that I got to present to the church tomorrow? But I was, feel, I was feeling good because you got some new clothes. And I, I wasn't, you know, it wasn't a lot of moments in my time in childhood. We got new clothes. But Easter was the haircut. I'm talking about from the shoes to the suit. I'm talking about he probably even knew underwear. Like it was going down for Easter. Easter, you were stunting on Easter. Easter was the day you, everybody, you know, your, your yellows were a little yellower. Your pinks, your pastels were popping. Your haircut was on point. You had a dinner, family dinner. Oh, it's just a glorious. Easter Sunday, shoot. Now, especially if you if you knew your speech. If you didn't know your speech, you was out here struggling. You was, you was out here not having a good day. But if you knew your speech, you killed your speech. Everybody give you all the, all the speech props. Oh, great job on your speech. Oh, you look so handsome. Oh, shout out to old school Easter. Now. The best advice of the day is something that I said last week, and I think it resonated, and I wanted to spend some time talking about it today. And I'm even thinking about how I get to the segment, the best advice ever. I I was giving kind of general advice, advice that I've heard over years, but now I'm going to make this more specific to advice I've gotten and it has impacted my life. And this is a piece of advice I've gotten as an entrepreneur, and it wasn't very long ago. It was probably... Six years ago, my wife, shout out to Rosalind, is the, the founder, and, and, and I don't know her title because her and my, my daughter, she called, they, but she's the founder of, Gab, of, of Confidence by Gabby Bo. And she introduced me to this entrepreneur business community. And again, the guy I talked about a week ago, uh, Lamont Tyler. Lamont, <laughs> Lamar Tyler, basically looked out at a, a, a group of uh, African-American entrepreneurs and said, no one is coming to save you. No one's coming to save your business. No one's coming to help you grow and scale your business. No one is coming to save you. And that's some of the best advice ever I've gotten. No one's coming to save you. There's a there's an attitude or there's a there's, I, I say spirit, spirit of entitlement, where there's a, especially as a comedian, and I, I'm gonna speak specifically as an artist. We start, and I I I've seen it time and time again, 
unfortunately, when you start out and you don't have a lot of guidance and mentorship, this thing that you created, the stand up, this artwork, this music, it impacts people, and people are like, "Oh my God, I really love your your your, your song, your set." And then you get this mindset. It, it just something happens where you like, "Who's coming to sign me? Who's coming to put me on their platform?" I, it happened to me, uh, and I'm I'm, I'm going to talk specifically about me because when you start talking in general, people like, "Well, that's not." I'm gonna tell you about what happened with me. I started doing stand-up on, on the suggestion of another comedian. A comedian said, hey, man, you should get on stage. And when I started getting favorable returns, when my shows were getting better, I started thinking somebody was coming to make me famous. Somebody was going to come and make me successful. I'm going to open up for this guy. He's going to take me on tour with him. He's going to introduce me to all the people that he knows in the industry and then his manager is going to sign me and then I'm going to be a new client. And none of that happened. None of that happened. I was even thinking about when I met Michael Jr., who's a comedian that I have great admiration for. And he's super humble, super successful, super hilarious. But I met him, we kicked it off great. And then he, 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 he told me, I mean, we're going to do some work together. Like we should, we should. So then there was an idea about a podcast that we were going to create. And you would have thought, personally, I thought Michael Jr. was coming to save me. We're going to do this podcast. It's going to blow up. I'm, I'm on fire. Life is grand in gravy. And it didn't work out the way that... I thought it was going to work out. We, we've I've been on his podcast and we've done a number of things together, but I was sitting around waiting for him to knight me into success. And that's not what that's not what happens, people. You need to have your own vision separate from anybody else. No one's coming to save you. Stop waiting for a seat at the table. Build your own table. There's something I often put on, on, on social media every now and in my stories. Put your own self on. Stop waiting. There's advocates. There's people that's going to open doors for you. There's people going to speak on your behalf. That has happened time and time and time again for me. That's not a doubt. That's without a doubt. But it doesn't happen in the time frame in which you want it to happen. So, 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 so stop thinking somebody's, somebody's coming to save you. Nobody's coming to save you. Do it. You don't have to wait for permission. You don't have to wait for all the resources. My, my pastor said something today. There's never a perfect time to do something when you're doing it in faith. Like there's never... There's never going to be a perfect time to buy a home. Oh, the interest rates are high. Oh. There's, I remember when I was leaving I was leaving my job to do comedy full-time. I was saying, well, hey, this next class, you know, they have a biggest senior up and junior class. They're big. So get those guys through. 
and get them graduated, and then I'll be able to. And my pastor was like, hey, there's never going to be a perfect time. There's always going to be something that seems like an obstacle. And if you just look for obstacles, they're going to continuously show up. So the best advice ever today to you is simply that no one's coming to save you, separate from your salvation. That's, but that's not this type of podcast. <laughs> if you want to talk about a relationship with Jesus Christ, we can send me your information at info at mikegoodwin.com. Or go talk to somebody, a, a, a church, find a church leader, someone in your area. So you know somebody that's walking the life of faith. Separate from that, no one's trying, no one's coming to save you. Even young ladies, there's, you know, I was thinking about this, and I might, this might be a new bit where I talk about. You know, we kind of talk the women like he's my knight in shining armor. Ladies, who you think going to shine the armor if y'all hook up? If y'all get together? You're going to be shining the armor. <laughs> Nobody's coming to you. There's work that's required at whatever you're trying to accomplish. So go ahead and knock that out and do your thing. Hey, man, thank y'all so much for tuning in to another episode of the Best Advice Ever podcast. I'm your host, Mike Goodwin. This happens every Wednesday. If you have a question, shoot in your questions to info at mikegoodwin.com. Follow me on social media. I'm at Bowtie Comedian on Instagram and Twitter. And on Facebook, I'm at Comedian Mike Goodwin. Share, like, subscribe. Let folks know what I got going on. But again, thank y'all so much for checking in with me this week. You could have been anywhere else in the world, but you're here with me and I appreciate it. I'll see you next week. Peace.